Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when you hear them sounds, you already know episode one eight out of episode podcast. We got a lot. I hop right on into ladies and gentlemen, AW, Adam Cole, Bobby Lashley, a whole lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, at linkedr.ee slash 23 pad on Twitter as well at 23 pad and at OMD Corey B. So, watching on YouTube, leave a like, leave a subscribe as well. So, man, where do we start first? The news, or do we start with AEW? Let's go into the AEW breakdown first. Then we're going to jump into some news. We're going to jump into some impact wrestling as well. So, first up, ladies and gentlemen, we had John Moxley versus Nemeth. And this was going to be a squash match. And it pretty much was. John Moxley picked up the victory. But the promo afterwards, man. John Moxley is just a wizard on that mic. And I really think AEW doesn't give him the mic enough in my estimation the mic inside the ring by himself enough like this talked about how he was just addicted to this talked about how he loved the uh, exploding barbed wire match that was com- that is going to be coming up for the AW World title and he said if I go out like that what a way to go out this was one of the best promos of the short year so far John Moxley was just incredible and I cannot wait it is barbaric now. It is over the top, but look, if you're going to have exploding barbed wire, then all right, I'll watch. I'll pay for it. I'll watch. So, moving on, we had Garrison and Billman, the varsity buns. I cannot tell y'all. I'll begin to tell y'all how much I call these guys the Hollywood blinds. Like, I always mess it up, but then today, versus Starks and Cage, this was a fun matchup, man. These guys, the Varsity Blinds, I'm starting to like them. Garrison got the hot attack, and he went wild, man. Almost overshot uh, Tope, but done it really well. At the end of the day, Starks and Cage will pick up the victory. Uh, Varsity Blinds, almost said the Hollywood Blinds again. The Varsity Blinds, they are really starting to grow on me. I'm really starting to like them as a tag team in the AEW division. And I see really bright things for them. They are the future for AEW. So after this, lights go off. And we see a video of Sting driving Darby in a a body bag down the street. And Sting comes out. Has another body bag. And it's not Darby in there. It is Little Hook as a son. I thought that was so well done because you assume it's gonna be Darby in the body bag. It was not Darby. So Sting points to the stands and guess what? We got Darby Allen doing the Shawn Michaels coming from the top. All we needed was Vince McMahon on commentary, but I pitched for some time that we have Darby descend from the stands. I didn't think it'd be like Shawn Michaels, but it, you know what? You're having him with Sting. You, you bring it on the Sting Crow character. Let's just have him come from the top one time. They did it, and it was awesome, man. And Darby, you know, he went, he got into it with Sparks and Cage, but Sting, man, you know, there are not many times in wrestling where I can become a kid again. But when Sting gets in the ring and he starts fighting, 
I'm kidding it. Sting, one of my very, like my only, I can think about him going back in my mind, my only wrestling hero, so to say, as a kid, it was Sting. And now I get to see Sting again. I thought that Sting was going to go out being carried out in this last match. Now Sting is back. He's pretty clear. He did a death drop on Brian Cage. I haven't seen him do a death drop in a long time. It was awesome, man. So I cannot wait to see. And this is clearly not going to be a cinematic match if you look at the way Sting is moving. So I'm excited, man. I am very excited. I cannot wait to see how this all turns out. So Nero was backstage. In his words, he wanted Charles to come home. Uh, he said he's sorry. He wants Charles to come back, but he got a message. Yes, no, maybe so. Do you want to fight us? And it is going to be a match at uh, the next pay-per-view. Orange Cassidy, Charles versus Miro. And like, man, this is going to be a fun matchup man like I really want to see this tag team affair uh, and like yeah man uh, and Miro and Kip Sabian excuse me but this is going to be a fun matchup I cannot wait to see it at the upcoming paper view so next up we had Hager aka Richards Brandon Cutler and in the short time that this match did get and Brandon Cutler looked good like, I, I really believe there's more to come for Brandon Cutler in AEW. He looked really good here. Obviously, Jake Hager picked up the victory. And uh, you know what? The beatdown was on, on poor Brandon Cutler. The young bucks come out, they save the day, and they call out Chris Jericho and MJF. They wanted it tonight. He cut to the screen, and man, poor old daddy Buck. I was getting laid out by Jericho and MJF. And like I thought that this was very well done to get some heat on Jericho and MJF. Uh, Father Jackson, whatever you want to call him. Father Buck getting laid out bloody up and got the ambulance job, a stretcher job as well. So well done. Well done. Got to give him a hand on that. Well done. Off clap. Got some heat on Jericho and MJF. So. Moving on, we had Isaiah Cassidy versus Hangman Page and a rare time where we get to see Isaiah Cassidy in singles action. It's always in action, action the private party, but he was he showed up in this match. I thought that this was a good match, a really good match. Uh, one of, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and say the, yeah, either the second or third best match of the night. It was well done. This whole episode was well done. And Silver and Reynolds came out. They got Matt Hardy kicked out. Hangman Page will pick up the victory. But I really like how they like how they let Isaiah Cassidy shine in this one, man. So well done. Well, well done. So afterwards, Matt Hardy came out. And he put poor old Alan Angels through the table. He was ran off by the Dark Order and... You know what, this Dark Order Hangman thing, I said it last week when I reviewed AEW, it's starting to pick up some momentum, man. Like, I am interested in what they are selling me. So, uh, yeah, I really want to see how that turns out. Next up, we had Omega building the Moxley Chamber. I forget how they put it, but 
he's building the chamber, he's hyping up the match, and this is gonna be a sick match, man. Knowing John Moxley and knowing what he represents, he's one. He's gonna want to make the match sick. If you're gonna say a death match, he wants to make it a death match. Like I said, if you're gonna do something crazy, I'm gonna pay and go watch. Moving on. Ella Rose versus Britt Baker, and uh, I didn't quite know what to expect from this matchup. Semi-final matchup in the in the ladies' tournament. But what we got was awesome, man. We had the cannonball callback. I broke poor, broke poor Brit's leg. And like, ah, had that callback. I really appreciate it. That I was pretty rough in this match, man. Just a little bit too rough for my taste. But overall, the matchup, I'm going to say that, you know what? This was either the second best match of the night or the first best. Or the, or, the, or the best match of the night. Nevertheless, Nyla Rose picks up the victory. And I'm shocked, man. I really thought that the finals, the American finals, was going to be Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Like, that's what we were building to. And I'm shocked that Nyla Rose got the victory. A nice surprise, but I don't think that it was the right decision in my estimation. Nevertheless, moving on. We gotta see how the US finals turn out. Uh, moving on, we had FT Cora, and they had a promo hyping up Tully Blanchard, and Tully Blanchard is gonna return to the ring. Man, I am just gonna be one big kid as we build to this pay per view. Tully Blanchard back, sting back. Like, yeah, man, this is gonna be very interesting, man. Like, like yeah. This is going to be fun. So, I'm looking forward to that as well. That three-man match as well. Versus the Jurassic Express. That should be fun. Speaking of things that was fun. The main event. Lance Archer versus Phoenix. Classic. Favorite versus Goliath matchup. And look, man. I'm here to say that. I border on two things when it comes to Phoenix. I absolutely love his style. But I border on loving the style and worrying about him because, man, all it takes is one slight slip off the ropes or one slight dive gone wrong. With his style, it is, it is very dangerous. That would, and that's what makes him great. But, man, all it takes is one slight slip. And I am worried that, that that's going to happen uh, one day or another. But, nevertheless, the guy's awesome. We had a with the spot of the entire night of the entire program. The top rope Spanish fly from Phoenix onto Archer. We had a lot of great near falls where you thought, you know what? Phoenix is gonna get the victory here. Nevertheless, Lance Archer picks up the win. The absolute right call to win the match here. I really thought that you should have been the one to move on to the ladder match, and he is the one that will move on to the ladder match. So the the show of AEW overall overall Dynamite last night, I really enjoyed it. I think they did an A plus job of hyping up the interview. And you know what? I'm excited. You know, they got me excited to buy the pay per view. And uh, yeah, that's all you can do as a company. You're here to do. You're you're here to to make money. You're here to, to entertain the fans. You're here to make money, and they have me excited for Revolution. I'm ready to pay for it. And you know what? 
I am going to be there, man. So now, well, I'm going to be there watching the, at my home. Like, not there, there. I should point that out. Now we have the news. And, man, you want to talk about a shocker? The Big Show Paul Wyatt joins AEW and... Like, I get my normal daily thing, you know, I jump on Twitter, I scroll through uh, wrestling Twitter, scroll through, see if I see any news, and this is one of the first tweets I saw, and I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, is this a rib or something? Like, the big show, Paul White, whatever you want to call him, I really thought that he was gonna be, or that he was a WWE lifer. Like, I put him in the same aspect of a Mark Henry, like, Mark Henry is in his spot and not a whole lot to do at this point. He's just around and, you know, he, he's just going to be loyal to Vince. And I saw Paul White as a guy that was loyal to Vince. And surprise, surprise, he is in AEW and he will be commentating on the new show. And like, man, this, this is shocking. It is really shocking. But I tell you what. AEW has to be careful, man. I, now, I like the way that they use their older guys, without managers, but at this point, we have too many managers, or either enough or too many managers. And at this point, we have, with the addition of Paul White, we have enough commentators. Like, they have to be careful because you do not want to be the home for the old guys. Now, what I can appreciate is that they are not putting the world title on these old guys. They're not having them compete for world titles. They're not having them compete for the TNT Championship. So I appreciate that. They generally know what they are doing when they bring the old guy in. So I'm pretty sure they're going to do good things with Paul White. But be careful. They should be careful. You don't want to rely on the old guys. You don't want to bring too many old guys in there. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. Speaking of things, I'm excited to see of how it turns out. Adam Cole, he came down at the end of NXT, at the end of NXT latest episode, that is, and it was an explain yourself moment. We like to have all, I have these all the time when we have those kinds of turns in general. So he started to say that he was sorry, and once he got on this, he's sorry kick. Look, man, I'm, my, this topic was going to be, at the beginning of that promo, it was going to be the NXT glow it with Adam Cole. And he, he started talking about how he's sorry. Then Roddy Strong comes out. He's talking about, like, now you're sorry? Like, Roddy Strong was speaking for me at, this, at that point. Like, no, now you're sorry. Like, what is this? This brought up Finn Balor in. <laughs> he just tossed poor Roddy Strong to the side and started laying in Adam Cole. And Balor gets taken out by Roddy Strong, gets taken out by Adam Cole, super kick. And you know what, man? One thing I did not see coming was poor old Roddy Strong. He took out Adam Cole. I was like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. And eventually, Roddy Strong, Adam Cole, they hug it out, but that turns into a low blow from Adam Cole. And the first thing I said was, yes. 
That's what I'm talking about. Like, we don't need to have sorry Adam Cole. I'm sorry and all this. We need the heel Adam Cole. He ripped off the chain like red, like Debo. My grandmama gave me that chain, ripped it off, and this storyteller. I said it weeks ago. If the, the tide is going to change in any type of way when it comes to ratings or whatever, it's going to be because NXT is telling great stories. NXT can have all the great matches that they want, but that's not going to turn the tide. Great stories will, and this stuff that's going on with the Undisputed Era is great. It is interesting. And now, right when you thought you had all the answers, they leave you asking more questions. So, man, yeah, I'm excited. And I cannot wait to see. I keep saying this, but this is another case where I cannot wait to see how it turns out. Moving on. Keeping speaking of the world title or whatnot. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley will be competing for the world title next week on Monday Night Raw. And this one is personal for me because a black man has a chance to win the world title. The Raw world title. Not the SmackDown. The Raw world title. And I'm just going to say this, man. I am not getting my fragile hopes up. Because look, Speaking as a black, black wrestling fan, look, the world title is as much of a shoot. I don't mean a huge shoot, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. As much of a shoot as a, rest, a black wrestling fan as there is. Like, when you see a black man competing for the world title, like, I'm thinking back to my childhood. There were a lot of, not a lot of black men at all when I was a kid wrestling. So I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. Ron Simmons was the only one that won the world title, and I didn't even get to watch that last because they showed it on Worldwide because the dude won it at a house show. Nevertheless, the only black man to win the world title and with me as a true kid, but The Rock also came and won the world title as well. So you look at the world title on Rock. The Rock is the only one that did it. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, you got to be a all-time great to get the world championship as a black man. And now, WWE has a chance to do something really cool. You have Bobby Lashley. Now, like, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, just put the fight on him because he's black. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Bobby Lashley should have a championship because he is the most deserving and the hurt business and Bobby Lashley is the best thing going in all of them at the least on in all of WWE Raw so they deserve to be compensated we have the Master Tag Champions and you know what MVP is greatness role and Bobby Lashley it's time to put the world championship on him but I'm not getting my hopes up because, look, man, I, I go back to Booker C and Triple H. We were at a time to where Triple H cut the most racist promo of all time. Probably he didn't write it, so but he cut it. It is what it is. And we did all of that. Booker C was supposed to win at WrestleMania. All of a sudden, the day of backstage politics get played and Triple H wins. So, as much as Bobby Lashley deserves to win, 
as much as I said, and I said this before, where I said that the Miz will not have the title once we get to WrestleMania, and Drew McIntyre will not have the title once WrestleMania is over. So, to me, that only leaves Bobby Lashley if my point holds up. Nevertheless, I'm not getting my hopes up, man. I'm not. It, 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 one, I'm going to tell you to do it like this. Like in wrestling, you can look at results and say, oh, man, that guy should have won. And then we move on. I cannot move on from this if Bobby Lashley is that champion. I understand that next week, Drew McIntyre is more than likely uh, slated to interfere in that match. And then we have something that pass lines. Like, if you're going to have Bobby Lashley, that's the most interesting thing on Raw. If you're going to have him compete for the world title, just don't let me, don't take me to the top of the mountain and like uh, not see the guy capture it. Like, I cannot take it. Like, my fragile hopes are already a tad bit up, but not all the way up because you see that picture right there. I've been actually holding that world title as we close from the air on Monday night where I just sat there and looked, stopped and looked like, look, a black man is holding the WWE Raw title. Can we get that, please, for the culture? Not because Bobby's, Bobby's a black man, but because he is the most deserved. Now, I'll continue to watch, but... I'll get my hopes up once I see it happen. And if it happens, I'm going to celebrate. And Bobby Lashley, with the Hurt Business, he deserves a lengthy reign. I don't need to see no transitional crap. If you're going to put the title on Bobby Lashley, it better be because you're ready to run with him. That's my take on that. Speaking of the world title, give me the world title movie, that is. Edge and Roman Reigns. We're going to have those guys at WrestleMania. I could certainly use a drink of water right now, but you know what? I'm not stopping. I'm keeping this thing rolling. Who should win at WrestleMania? Is it Edge? Is it Roman Reigns? Now, I have two opinions going here that are super opposing to each other now that it's Edge and Roman Reigns. For a bunch, I have said, Roman only needs to lose that title at WrestleMania. And I thought that he should he should be losing it at, at WrestleMania at the time. I thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan and Roman. Well, it's not out. And uh, the other opinion is this. I said the night of the Royal Rumble, if you're going to have Old Man Edge go from one to winning the whole thing, then you might as well go on ahead and put the title on. Like, so we, we get here to WrestleMania and it's Edge versus Roman. And obviously, one of those two things is not going to happen. So where do I sit here today? This is a fascinating question as to who should win. And in my mind, Roman is the best thing in all of wrestling. I am going to go with the fact that Roman Reigns should win. Like, this is the one main event <laughs> that Roman Reigns is in where the fans want him to be in the main event. We're going to have two nights. Roman Reigns is in the main event, one of them. So, this is the one where it's like, you know what? Let's go in here roll, roll with Roman because he's the best thing in all of wrestling. I understand. 
that Edge winning would be a fascinating story. You know, he's coming back for the title that he never lost. So, there's something to that, and I wouldn't totally be upset if Edge won, but Roman Reigns should be the guy walking out with the title. That's just my opinion, and I cannot wait. We, we got SmackDown coming up, and this is going to be one of the better builds of all of WrestleMania coming up this year, and this is going to be very fascinating. Speaking of fascinating, Rhea Ripley, as you see right there, Rhea Ripley will be debuting on Raw very soon. Once I seen the video hype, I said that, you know what? We don't have time to waste with Rhea Ripley. We need to fast track her to a main program. Now, the optimal program should be Rhea Ripley versus Oscar at WrestleMania. That's what it should be. But you know what? Right when, right as I had that thought, I said, you know what? That is not happening so long as Charlotte Flair is around. And that's not to discredit Charlotte Flair, but you know how they put Charlotte Flair. So Charlotte Flair is going to be around in this some way, somehow. And I just hope, I just hope that it's not Charlotte versus Rhea too at, at WrestleMania for the second year in a row. Like, I don't want to see that. I have no interest in that. What I do have interest in is Oscar keeping the title. And whether it be Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair, I have interest in that. Like, the only thing I think we can hope for at this point, if you're a fan of Oscar, is that, you know what, it might be a three-way match. It's either going to be a three-way match for Oscar or it's going to be Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. We'll see how it turns out. Oscar clearly fed up with Charlotte Flair, didn't want our help after the tag match. So they're building something there. And I just hope that Oscar has the title once we get to WrestleMania. I hope that she leaves with the title once we get to Wrestle uh, after WrestleMania. So moving on. We're gonna talk about a little impact wrestling here, man. And thumbs up, thumbs down. Good. Scott Demore has taken the TNA championship that Moose currently holds. He's made it an official world title. Like, this was pretty shocking. I gotta admit. And I gotta say that. Thumbs up, thumbs down. At the moment, I'm saying thumbs down because, in fact, this is we're talking about one show here and one show with two world titles can be maybe confusing, but. Scott Demore, Don Callis, they always have a vision for what they do. So, I gotta admit, I'm ready to see how that turns. I know I've been saying that a lot on this podcast, but it does give more of an opportunity to the roster to contend for world titles. So, that's a positive in that direction. And Scott Demore, like I said, they always have a vision for what they do, and I'm gonna give them a chance. It may be the Thumbs down right now, but I want to see how it turns out. Moving on. Thumbs up, thumbs down on this one. Chris Bay versus Alexander. Josh Alexander for the world title. For the, excuse me, the exhibition title. That's a thumbs up for me. I want to see that. We're going to have Chris Bay. We're going to have Black Thor's 
and we gotta have Pitch Austin in the three match to determine the number one contender. If I'm looking at it, they have been building up this Pitch Austin storyline a lot, and that's probably where they're gonna go with it. But I am more interested in Chris Bay versus Jax Alexander. More interested in him making it the finesse division, but. This X Division, it, anywhere it goes, I'm excited and I cannot wait to see how it turns out. Right, we're going to the last topic of the day. Tyre Valkyrie is going to be in WWE. She's a part of the Performance Center tra uh, trainees. And there are some instances where you say, you know what? Some people just need to go right to the main roster. Like in this, and in this case, Tyre Valkyrie just needs to go right to Monday Night Raw. Like, we don't need the instance to where a tight Valkyrie goes to NXT and she spends time there and then she goes to Raw. The Raw Women's Division needs all the help they could do. It's not because they don't have the talent, but because, you know what, they haven't been booked correctly. So, I would like to see Ty go to the Night Raw. She's going to go to NXT. She's going to go to NXT. But, just my opinion, I would like to see her go straight. Monday Night Raw. We see how her NXT uh, debut and time in NXT. We'll see how that plays out. So that is it for episode 1182 Street Podcast. Let me know all your thoughts. Whether that be on Twitter at 2 Street Pod and at OMG Corey B. Let me know all of your thoughts.